Hello, Texans, and welcome to the Fuddruckers Texans Players Show. Mark Vandermeer and D.P. Sidhu with you as we bring you the program that features your Texans players. Get to know them better. Talk to them about their lives, about the team, about everything going on. And this week, D.P., it's Malik Collins. I'm super excited. How's it going, Malik? I'm going good. How you doing? Great. Great to have you with us. Okay, so um, are you working out with the DBs more now that you had that pick in the Miami game? Are they getting tips from you as to how to intercept the ball better? That was pretty cool. Yeah, it was. I never I never uh, experienced nothing like that before, and catching a pick off a tip pass. Shout out to Ross. Yeah, it was, a, it was a cool experience. What's it been like for you so far throughout the season? I know it's not the record's not where you want it to be, but just being able to get out there and sort of gel. It seems like you're really putting up some nice numbers in these last few weeks before the bye. I mean, it's a blessing just to be out, to be able to go out there and just um, display yourself, display your talent, put it on tape. Um, that's, just, that's just all we can – that's all I can control, do my 111. Let's talk about the bye week here. What what did you do to relax, to recharge, replenish? How do you handle the bye week, Malik? This is really the first time I've ever had like a bye week where we have like time off, like uh, a nice amount of time off where you can leave town. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I went straight to Dallas. That's where uh, my family and kids live. So I went up there and spent some good time with my children and, um, you know, just recharged mentally, coming back ready to work this week. How nice is it to be back in Texas? I know you started your career off with the Cowboys, and then you left, and then you came back. But just to be back in the state of Texas, you didn't grow up here. No, I didn't. But is this pretty much home for you? Yeah, it's pretty much home now. Um, I'm originally from Kansas City, but, you know, Texas is – well, Dallas isn't too far from Kansas City, about eight hours. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much one of the biggest cities close to us that we can go to and visit. So it's a lot of carryover. A lot of people from Kansas City migrate to Dallas, and, you know, so it's, it's, it's home for me. And a lot of Dallas people migrate to Kansas City like the Dallas Texans became the Kansas City Chiefs right. a long time ago, way before you were born. Me too, by the way. But uh, did you grow up a Chiefs fan? Yeah, I did, actually. I really was a fan of, like, running backs back in the day. So, LaDainian mm-hmm. Thomas and Priest Holmes, it, mm. was like, it was like my go- my guys back then. What about Christian Okoye? I don't really, I don't really before your time. the Nigerian nightmare <laughs> like that. Yeah, all right. All right, before your time. Yeah. I got it. Not as a kid. Did but you have aspirations to be a running back? For sure. You that did? Was, that was my if, – if I could play any other position, that would be it. You'd be a bowling ball of a running back, yeah. though. At what point did you – was that sort of out the window, like you knew you were going to have to go defense? Uh, Maybe sophomore year of high school. That early? That late. Oh, how big were you as a sophomore? Uh, I was probably 300 pounds then. 300 pounds as a sophomore. They're like, you are not playing running back. You're yeah. going to be on the defense instead of the ball. I used to be begging for carries, especially like two-point conversions and stuff like that. I'm like, man, let me get a carry. <laughs> I want to do it. I don't, nah, I wouldn't do you it You could now. still, yeah, maybe. Why not? Come on, Malik. Let's, let's, let's mix it up a little bit. We want, need some I help. Wouldn't, I wouldn't want the ball. I just want to be like a fullback. Okay. So got to run, the clear, the, clear the hole for the running back. Who has tougher practices, offense or defense? I think for sure defense, and specifically defensive line. Okay. All right. Tell me. Tell me why. State uh, your case. It's physical. Every down, every play, we got good. Mm-hmm. We got good guys and line up in front of us. It's just a battle. I think that's the, probably the hardest, the hardest practice for sure. Hardest position to play. I think. Could you say the same for O line? I think uh, it's harder for the D line. I don't want to give them that much credit, but <laughs> he's like, know, they, they do got a lineup and they do got to block the block the defensive linemen too. And I feel like over time throughout this league, you've seen our offensive linemen transition and become, you know, better athletes, better, just better all the way around. What is it like working for Lovey? What is it like being coached by him and Bobby King on the D line too? Yeah, it's it's cool working for Lovey. You know, I um I come from that tree in a sense. 
where where it originated back with him and being in Tampa and you know just uh seeing how like that that uh that tree migrated and the different the difference in um the different like as far as like how he calls the game you know I'm 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 familiar with that a lot mm-hmm. um it's 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 a it's a it's an experience though it's it's fun he's the same guy every day he's consistent um with his approach and you know that's really all you can ask for with a um, with a defensive coordinator there was one day in training camp that I asked Lovey about you in a press conference, and then we were walking back over from the practice field, and we sort of continued the conversation about you because you had come from a 4-3. Yeah. So whereas a lot of the guys, they had to make that transition from a 3-4 yeah. to a 4-3, you, for you it was actually – you were very comfortable and familiar early, even though it was a new defensive coordinator you never worked for. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like that really worked to your advantage? And, and Lovey had said for you actually it was really just a case of injuries. Injuries had sort of – uh, plagued you early on in your career, but that yeah. you know you you could still be a really good player for this team. Yeah, uh, I I I would agree. Probably injuries um, slowed me down a little bit early on. Um, I really didn't have an off season until maybe year four, going into year four, because of rehabbing injuries. Yeah, just just standing around, um, working on working on different things mm-hmm. that it was that, that held me back or kept me from playing in certain. I had a lot of injuries, but I haven't a lot of missed a lot of games. I'll right, say that as well too. So his well, injury, I, I want because it's it's interesting since we're playing the Titans and Derrick Henry had the Jones fracture, yeah, which he broke his fifth metatarsal. Isn't that the same injury? I had three of those. So I've I've broken three metatarsals too. Yeah. So how when was the first one? Do they have different last names? All of them, I, or is I it just Jones all the way through? I, it's Jones were, all the way through. It's Jones all the way. I thought I th- I yours were the Jones every single time. I don't know. One? I always thought it was just fifth metatarsal, but they say Jones fracture. So it's I mean. bad when it's named after somebody, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. An injury. It's the pinky. It's your pinky toe. Is yeah. like when you fracture. That, that sounds better than the Jones fracture. <laughs> yeah. sounds that sounds weird. pretty bad. So you did. It was your pinky every single time. It wasn't really the pinky. It was like the side of my foot, like. Just in that pinky area, like over to the side, like that outside part. Malik Collins with us. All right, so, yeah, it's not Jerry Jones, by the way. It's not (laughs) named after him, all right? But what was it like to play for the Cowboys? I mean, it's got to be interesting in some ways. They're the Dallas Cowboys, this big brand. And teams seem to bring it to play them, even if they're not good, even when they're down, teams always want to beat the Cowboys. There's something about that, isn't there? Yeah, for sure. Um I think you always, especially home games, you always gonna get the best, everyone's best. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I as I transition and go to different teams, this this being my third team now, I just see that, you know, that's the league. Mm-hmm. You gonna everybody, you gonna get everybody's best shot whenever you yeah. get their best shot, and you know that's just um, that's just really how it goes. Back in 2017, uh, when Hurricane Harvey hit, we were in New Orleans for preseason, and then we got routed to Dallas, and we practiced there for a few days. Yeah. That was you were there with the. Do you yeah, remember, remember that when the Texans came was, in? Uh, I remember um, it was for the fourth preseason game. Right. Yep. We, we were supposed sitting, to play each other. We were sitting. Um, we had a practice, and um, the guys who weren't going to play in the game didn't have to practice. And I remember sitting on the side, and we was doing like a Hurricane Harvey relief hotline, mm-hmm. and it was just just accepting different calls. I mean, picking up different calls or calling different numbers, and people would be donating money and stuff like that. So just you worked for, on the hotline for sure, for sure for the Hurricane Harvey yeah. relief. We was at the. Uh, was at AT and T. We were just sitting on the sideline. They had arranged like a little, a little side on the stadium, and we were just sitting mm-hmm. there, just accepting calls and taking calls. That That's was such a surreal experience being at the Cowboys facility that week. Yeah. That w- that's very cool. Now they had something in the cafeteria there that <laughs> we don't have. Say. <laughs> they had they had these little <laughs> what 
these little what were they like white and blue M and M's or silver, gray? Silver, no, silver and blue, blue M and M's. Mark would not stop talking about. Yeah, these I couldn't. I couldn't deal with that, Malik. <laughs> I think I grabbed like three bagfuls of those. Yeah. But you said you only grabbed the blue ones because you couldn't. Yeah, eat I, I the couldn't Cowboys eat the silver M&Ms. ones. Yeah. But yeah. that was that. That was a beautiful facility. They have that health club there too, right? Now they told us that sometimes players work out in the health club that normal people can work out in. Does that happen? Me personally, I never went up there and worked out, mm-hmm. but uh, it, was, it was a cryo chamber up there that we used to go up there and use on Fridays. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So, wait, w- so that's really cold, right? You go in there yeah. and freeze? Yeah. Yeah. Now, <laughs> have, you do- have you done cryo I've before? never done it. I've done it. Didn't we have an experimental like van here once? We we did. They and they were letting people try. They were letting, they you were like letting- it? I, I didn't do it. But, I like it. Yeah. I didn't do it here. I did Kylie Wong, who used to play for right. the Texans. He had opened up a place in Bel Air, and I had him on a podcast, and he invited me to go try it out. Yeah. But it's like it's a rush afterwards. Like yeah. I felt like this jolt of energy. Yeah, I but mean, then I slept for like six hours. Yeah, they say it burns calories and everything when you're in there. How long are you in there for, Malik? It's like what two and a half minutes. Okay, so I couldn't, it's super, I couldn't do that long. It's two, to, it's two to three minutes. It's super freezing cold for two to three minutes. Yeah. And that's supposed to do what? I don't, I don't know. Care. It reduces inflammation. For I'll sure. tell you. I'll speak sure. on your behalf. It's supposed to because it's so cold. Right. Um. It reduces inflammation, which they think is sort of the root cause of all bad things sure. in your body. Absolutely. But you got to keep. You got to kind of keep doing. It. But it just feels good to go in there and do it. I, I mean, I haven't it really feels kept up cold. with it. That's what it, it feels. feels. I mean, afterwards, <laughs> it feels good. It feels awful when you're in it. Yeah. But how often were you doing it? We would. I would do it probably once a week, up there. Um, do you do the cold tubs out here after sure. training camp practice? Sure. That helps too, right? Be out there with Pimo, and you know, you put about six bags of ice in your cold tub, and mm-hmm. it feels good. So it's the same concept as a cold tub. It's actually more effective because you can get the temperatures colder in the cryo chamber. Right. So it's like it's like better than a cold tub, but faster because you're done in yes, like two faster. minutes. Sign me up for that. I know efficiency. Thanks a lot. <laughs> uh, how much? All right. So did you talk to Jerry Jones much when you were a Dallas Cowboy? Uh, a lot of time, really, in passing. Mm-hmm. Um, he would talk to you a lot um, pregame or just really in passing. You right. Know, you had those different type of interactions with him. Um, yeah, small stuff like that. All right, then you become a Raider, and I know it was the COVID year mm-hmm. that you were a Raider, but what was it like being a Raider in Las Vegas as they moved there? It was cool. It was a cool experience. Um, yeah, it was, just, it was a good experience. It was a cool experience. I wish I could have got the experience. The fans, right, and that part of it, because it was empty. The stadium was mm. nobody in it. Now, when you were in Vegas, did you do the casinos at all, or or see shows there, or did you just keep it totally professional? And I mean, it was kind of hard um, to do anything. You know, I kept it, I kept it pretty much professional after mm-hmm. after the season started because of because of COVID. Oh yeah, they weren't we would, doing much yeah, anyway. That's yeah. right. It was all like shut saying. down. Probably. Yeah, we would do specific stuff like you know D line dinners stuff mm-hmm. like that at different casinos but you know that'd be more private room based and sure away from everybody yeah keep it with the protocols and everything possible, yeah. can I, you believe we're still in this i mean it's less than it was last year yeah. but here we are i mean at least at least we got fans coming that's the yeah that's the best part i didn't think i didn't think it i didn't think it was going to be as boring as it was like not mm-hmm. boring but you know just as, as dull as, right you know um i definitely appreciate opening back up the doors for the fans. Did, for sure. they, did they in Vegas open up uh, the games to any fans? Because here they had yeah. empty, and then we had, like, a very small number of fans allowed. 
Nah. But it was empty the whole way through. Empty the whole way through. That I think, was I think, weird. I think we played yeah. two two games where it was fans where we went to Kansas City. They had they Yeah. Had, they had a certain amount of fans and then we went to Cleveland and they had a certain amount of fans. But other than that it Everywhere was else was empty. Empty. What's it like when you go back to Kansas City? Was that the only time maybe? Yeah, that's the only time I've been back and I didn't play in that game. So that's a it's kind of a bummer. Yeah. And it was COVID year, so never yeah. mind about that. That's just yeah. that's that's too bad. All right, so Malik Collins with us. On the D-line, here you are, and you're a super nice guy, and you seem kind of reserved and, and very, you know, together and all that. But out on the field, there's something that happens to you, right? You get more wild, violent, whatever. You have to be as a defensive lineman. What happens, and when does it happen, Malik? When do you feel that takeover, or am I just making way too much of a big deal out of this? Uh, you kind of making a big deal. But <laughs> I think I'm. I think I'm the same guy on it. You're a nice field. guy on the field too. I don't really. I don't. You don't look like you're being nice out there. <laughs> am, am I a nice guy? I think. I, I think I'm. Uh, I'm not saying you're a dirty player. I'm just saying, yeah, you're yeah. causing some disruption. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. I just think about getting off the ball and just wreaking havoc in the other team's backfield. Just, mm-hmm. just however I can cause disruption. Um, yeah, that's just that's just my approach to it. Do you talk a lot out there? Not at all. Really? Yeah. Not at all. Do when other guys are talking to you, are you just you don't chime in? You you don't just have I really, a. I'll be so locked in sometimes that I don't yeah. even really. That's probably really a good listen. thing. In Who? the off season, I know that you had said you boxed. Yeah. Uh, you do some boxing. So I how do a does lot that? Of how 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 has that helped your game? Um. I think it helps a lot. It's it's a it's a fun alternative to um to football for me so instead of pounding on my legs running in, in the, on the turf and on the grass all off season or in the sand or wherever it may be um i like to get in the ring move around just try something new you're gonna be in great shape for the season um it's a, it's a fun alternative and uh I don't know, I, i'm starting to love it a little bit really would yeah. you would you be in a fight if it was offered to you, like a decent fight, if you felt like you were pretty evenly matched with the opponent? I know one thing. You can't play boxing. So, right. You know, it's serious. You know, yeah. it's, you can't throw in a towel when you're ready to be knocked out. or You know, you can't. Right. It's not It's not something. So you got to sit in there and take that punishment, however it may be in the ring. And um, that's uh, it's a different sport. What do you make of these celebrity fights like Logan Paul or whoever else? I mean, actually, I think he trains a lot, but – there's some guys who might not train a lot who get into these celebrity fights, and to your point, it gets yeah. real in a hurry. I respect it, but I mean, I'm a I'm a fan of real boxers. I'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking forward to this uh, Bud Crawford fight coming up. Um, he's fighting uh, Sean Porter. You know, he's from Omaha, so mm-hmm. um, I've seen a lot of his fights when I was in college. Do you think you'd ever do boxing after football? Uh. I actually, I talk to my trainer a little bit about it. But trying to talk him into it? <laughs> <laughs> it just depends on when I want to be done with football. Right. You know, how how much longer I want to play, how how many years. The know. boxers what? are. I don't want to be an old, washed-up guy getting in the ring. <laughs> right. You're know, talking like, let's say I want to play another seven years or so. I want to be that. Yeah. I want to be 30, 30, however I be it. I always know, wonder what was more what was more punishing. Is, is boxing more punishing on your body or is football? You know, a lot of times when you get in the ring and you – I mean, I've sparred before. So, you know, you get in there and you get hit. It's like um, like the way the adrenaline goes and stuff like that. Like, you feel it. But I feel I feel a lot more after football. Really? Yeah. And it's more frequent, right? I mean, if you're a boxer, you're not fighting every week, yeah, obviously. Yeah, so I, like, I think specific, specific body parts can become, like, callous to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you get 
I mean, you know, you hear about some guys that got like a soft chin versus some guys that can take a punch, you know. Mm. Um, I just think it's, it's all about how you bred. Yeah, and the boxers, they're super quick, which is what a lot of onlookers don't realize how fast they're punching, yeah. right? They're ridiculously fast. For sure. So, and the foot work is key, right? I yeah. mean, when you're talking about boxing, that's the sweet science. Yeah. That's the that's the part that I um I do feel like transitions. Mm-hmm. Um hands and feet, you know, and being efficient. Do you think wrestling helps you with boxing? With boxing? Yeah. Um, Cuz you there are, we've got several wrestlers on our team. I know you're You mean football or boxing? Uh well, with boxing, I've always wondered if wrestling helps you with boxing. I think it would help in a sense of like UFC. Um, boxing is by far the hardest thing I've ever been through, as far as when it comes to um, conditioning. Even more than even more than boxing to a certain extent, wrestling's pretty tough. Wrestling's tough. <laughs> yeah, that is tough. That's. But brutal. I mean, if I was competing in boxing, it'd be, it'd be. Uh, I imagine it'd be tough too. You know, when it comes to cutting weight and still having to maintain during these workouts. Is it is that hard for you to like w- keeping your weight down or is it? N- no, I wouldn't say it's hard for getting me it up. My weight down. No, I pretty much stay around the same. Um, whatever number we come up with, I, I pretty much discipline. I'm disciplined enough now to where I can stay at that that number. So if you retired tomorrow, and then you had six months, would you think your weight would go up or down, if mm. just left to your own? Vices to do whatever you want. Tomorrow, that's a that's a slow retirement. I, have, I got a lot <laughs> yeah. of football left. No, no but, but I'm saying like if you just had your it's own a hypothetical. time, hypothetical. Yeah, hypothetically, sure. you could just do whatever you want for six months. Do you think you would end up gaining weight, or you? Because I see so many guys that like we we talk about a former offensive lineman that just get skinny. Yeah, they just drop a bunch of weight. Yeah, some I, guys I don't. don't. Some, uh, some Chris guys, Myers, our former some center. Some guys probably yeah. cheat. Some guys probably cheat and get that weight off. How do you do that? Don't all these, tell me. All these surgeries and stuff nowadays. Oh. You never know how. You never know Really? How I don't I, know. You look, know? that's a you major see, you see violation. A of, you see a lot of transitions. Um, right. happen like so so quick. Uh, I would want to drop weight if I was to, whenever I'm done playing. I wouldn't want to keep walking around with that on my knees or sure. mm-hmm, whatever it may be. Malik Collins joining us. Okay, uh, back to the D-line and your teammates here. Yeah. You got a, some young pups there. But they don't play like pops. So Roy Lopez, let's start with him. What are you seeing in him so far as a veteran? Here he comes in as a rookie. He's making some noise on the D line. Mm-hmm. Roy, he a dog, man. He a former wrestler too. I think Roy's a a two or three time state champ. Mm-hmm. He think he can beat me at wrestling, but you know, I don't think so. You're a state <laughs> champ yourself, right? Yeah, for sure. Forty eight and zero was his record. I went and I looked it back up. Right? Is <laughs> wow. That right? Yeah. Undefeated. But, but Roy, man, he's, he's, he's a senior. A, he's a he's a good dude. I like Roy. All right, Ross Blacklock. Ross, man, athlete. Athlete, he a dog as well. Um, first step is crazy. His first step is get off. Is, yeah. How does Ross one work on a get off? How, I know that's something guys on the D-line talk about. You, I feel like you can train. Some guys can get better at it, but I think you got it or you don't. He's one of the people that just got it. Nice. All right, now at end, you got Jacob Martin. All right. A little bit more of a veteran like yeah. you. Uh, but let's talk about Jonathan Grenard. He's got seven sacks on the year. Everybody looks at the sacks. I get it. But looks like he's making some hay. Yeah, he balling. Mm-hmm. He balling. Wish him nothing but the best. Line up next to him. That's my guy. He, uh, I think it was him that said that the D-line group has a, a sack leaderboard. Yeah. Sacks Fifth Avenue. Yeah. And so, <laughs> which I love. Shout I out love. to BK. 
Uh, Bobby King started that? Yeah, I mean, he, he, he pretty much came in there and said, I want to put up sacks on the board. I want guys in this room to be acknowledged when they get sacks. Um, and we came up with the name Sacks Fifth Ave. But you guys are also into pressuring the quarterback and forcing bad throws. It's not all about the sacks. You like the strip sacks? Yeah. Do those yeah, count for, for sure. more? Is that no, like I don't count for more, but, I mean, it's a, it's a bigger play in the game. I feel mm. like football, I mean, playing D-line is about disrupting the quarterback. Right. Whatever you can do to make his job harder, whether it's making him step up or making him um, – or hitting him or making a move in the pocket, whatever you can do to disrupt his throwing, his timing is uh, – a. I mean, that's what guys get paid for. I was watching <clears throat> Monday Night Football last night with Peyton and Eli, and I think Phillip Rivers was on, and they were talking about opposing D-lines. They said worse than the edge rushers are the interior D-linemen that sort of collapse the pocket and they don't really have time to throw. They said that's probably the most irritating thing for sure, about being a quarterback. Especially for people like um, like the guys like Phillip Rivers, Tom Brady, Eli Manning. Those guys, they want to step up in the pocket. Right. That's know? what he was saying. And if you if you can get any kind of knockback on the guard where they can't step up and the ends guys, any guys are flying by or, or right there to meet them, you know, or wherever they're at, seven yards or, or six yards in the, in the pocket, you know, that's when you that's when you can disrupt the quarterback's path and his timing and make him uncomfortable in any way you can. He said that's when, like, the quarterback's arm hits a guy's helmet or yeah. – it, passes get deflected. For sure. Do you sense that sort of irritation from opposing quarterbacks when you when you know you're sort of getting getting to them in a game? Um. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I like to hit quarterbacks though. I like to hit them early on. <laughs> I mean, not really hitting's hit good them. too. Not We've even noticed. Like hit <laughs> not even like hit them. I want to sack a quarterback, but you know. Um, How hard is it to hold up though? Because the rules are really brutal right now. Yeah. Against you guys, right? I mean, if it's warranted, yes. But we've seen a couple. Watching football this week with you guys off, I noticed a couple that were a little shaky at best. And I know it's hard for the officials, too, mm -hmm. but it's got to be tough for you guys. Here's the arm coming forward. The ball's gone, and, you know, it's a bang-bang play, and sometimes you'll get tagged for that. I look at it, man. Anytime you can – if anytime you – you got to use judgment. Anytime – the new way I've adapted to it. Right. Judgment. <laughs> Any Anytime you got to think about is it going to be late, it's too late. You know? Okay. Oh. So okay. if I'm there and I'm hitting them, then I don't think it's too late. But um, but you're flying up the field, so how hard is it to hit the brakes or do whatever you have to do to not clock him? You're an athlete. That's what you're supposed to do. You got to start <laughs> and stop. Break. But uh, I mean, even even just like with where we are in this league um, today, it's a it's a bigger emphasis on trying to protect quarterbacks, making sure that they're not getting hit. Um, and I mean, I I mean, this I think it's a part of the growth stage in the league. And trying to figure out, all right, what's a happy medium for this? Can he, if you take two steps after the ball is thrown and hit the quarterback, then that's obviously going to be a 15 yard penalty. Right. Um, if you're hitting that head or neck area, you know, that's something I had to work on this year was just lowering my target, um, trying to hit quarterbacks lower um, as much as I can. Yeah. Not too low, but Not lower. Low. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. you don't want the helmet. Uh, play action. We always hear about the linebackers are frozen in the play action with the play fake, and oh my gosh, is it a run or a pass? But how do you guys react to that kind of thing? I mean, you're not going to move around, but you have to react to, did he hand the ball off or not, or am I pass rushing as the quarterback kept the football, now he's standing there in the pocket. Take us through some of that. Take us on a, the line. I got a different approach to it, man. Okay. Uh, I, I, I believe in, me personally, I trampled a run on the way to the quarterback. Okay. So... I'm getting off the ball. If it's a run, it's a run. 
Right. If it's a pass, I'm I'm in I'm I'm trying to rush anyway. You know, yep. so I mean I I don't wanna say I'm thinking pass first, but I'm getting up the field and if it's pass, it's pass. You're trying to beat your guy, but you also have to watch where the ball went and where the ball is. For sure. Right. I mean you could tell if the ball coming from the side. I mean not I wouldn't I wouldn't say you could tell like I sit there and guess, but you know, um yeah, you get and you know initially you get a run or a pass block. What is yeah. it? It's only it's only a couple of blocks I can get. It's a, you, I mean, yeah. You get a reach, you get a scoot, you get a fan. What's a scoot? A scoop. A it's s- like it's like play away. So scoot. like any kind of like stretch weak. Um, okay. Yeah. So it's like that where the, the motion is going away from. You. What was the other one? Fan. Fan block. Fan block. Okay. It's kind of like a base, but he kind of like trying to block you out. All right. And then they get real tricky and they try to do like traps or mm-hmm. whams yep. with mm-hmm. uh, with a U tight end or something. Is that a compliment to you if you get two guys on you? I love traps because it's a compliment that I'm getting off the ball. Mm-hmm. If they if they see you getting off the ball or if they see you an aggressive uh, three technique, they're gonna try to give you hit you with a trap. And um, you know it was something that was ingrained ingrained in me when I first got into the league. Like, all right, we're gonna try to trap them, mm-hmm. try to slow them down a little bit. It's like kind of the same for me. I look at a trap like a hard count. I'm getting off the ball if you got to come out here and hard count. Or I'm getting off the ball if you got to come out here and try to run a trap, you know. Okay. Because those plays are, you know, if you get off the ball on a hard count, it's a penalty. If you get off the ball on a trap, you know, it's a, it's a big run. All right, Malik Collins is with us. We're at the Fuddruckers Texans Players Show. And we'll give away a gift card next based on something Malik said in the opening segment. Don't worry, it's not going to be overly complicated. Stick around. It's Texans Radio. It's the Fuddruckers Texans Players Show. Mark Vandermeer, DP Sidhu with you. Let's give away a Fuddruckers gift card, shall we? Because we're not at Fuddruckers this year it. because of COVID. We're still in the protocols. I have to explain this every week. I would love to be at Fuddruckers right now, getting a milkshake, burger, all the wonderful stuff they have. Gift card available. Let's see. What questions shall we ask about Malik? How about where is he from? Where is he from? What city? What general area? Where is Malik Collins from? Get it right at TexansRadio at HoustonTexans.com. Go ahead and send in the email. Quickie note, TexansRadio at HoustonTexans.com. Could not be easier. And the first one who gets it right gets the Fuddruckers gift card. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to ask you, right now Malik is wearing a hat with three Dobermans. Are those Dobermans? Yeah. On them? Um, And you had told me in camp that you have so many hats, you could go more than a year without repeating a hat. What? Isn't that crazy? Are they all displayed prominently prominently in a co- in a closet like, or like do you shoes? stack them got, up? Got, How do you do it? I got probably 100 with me, but you know, I got them I got them at my uh my permanent address and mm-hmm. I got some I got still got some in Kansas City too, so I got a lot of hats and I'm still buying them on a daily basis too. So whenever I whenever I see a hat that I love, I I'm going to go ahead and grab it. When did the hat collection start? When I went bald. <laughs> when I went bald, um, good when answer. I was, when I was bald in, um, I personally don't shave my own head, and I personally don't shave. I just do like liners, um, mm-hmm. just cut as low as possible, so I know that grows back after like two or three days. I mean, but I, you know, I just like I like the uh, the look of hats. So then, when you go back home to Dallas, do you switch out hats to get some different hats? Sometimes I will. Sometimes if I uh, this is just like shoes, Mark. <laughs> This is, I can equate it's this the with man's shoes. Shoe. That's if what I it had is. to go live somewhere, and I can only take—I mean, I don't have like 400 shoes, but um, 
if I had to go close I would, I, would, I, would, I, would <laughs> I would switch them out no I I mean I I wish I did though actually I just don't have the space for it just depends on the rotation whatever rotation we in like right now this um I'm wearing a trucker but it's starting to get cold so it's I like was a, gonna say yeah, do you so have it's to more like a fitted hat and like a scully type vibe with the mm. weather you know like with the more fall and winter vibes and right. he doesn't want all that ventilation when although yeah. you're pretty lucky in Houston it's not it's yeah. not like it's gonna get so cold yeah. do you go um Beanies or skull hats, or it's always baseball hats. It'll be it'll be a little bit of a mixture of both. You I do. Got, I even got uh, like snow hats, hat, cowboy hats, oh, cowboy hats, that, yeah, everything. Oh really? Yeah. That's true. From your days, was Dallas the first time you got a cowboy hat? Probably so, but I've been um, I've been working with a guy that I got a cus- a couple custom hats that I really love that I haven't pulled out yet. Oh, custom. Yeah. Do you so get Do you get hat. boots? You should get boots to match I these should, hats. Right? I should. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna look Speaking of it. shoes, have what's you, your boot collection look all right, like? All right, so you you just got here last off season, and we didn't have the rodeo. So the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo this year that you need to go there. Yeah. that is awesome. It's when a, is it? uh, it'll be March. It's March. a Houston tradition. It's yeah. it's incredible, and uh, we'd love you know we could shoot something with you. We've shot videos with players going to the rodeo and trying to trying out different. What, rides and the things bro- like the that? Food, the food, everything's fried. There's so many different things that are fried. That and it's the off-season. You can do what you don't want. Tell, don't tell a lad. You know, you gonna oh, yeah. It's <laughs> your off-season. <laughs> lad, lad, so lad is the uh, nutrition expert here for the Houston Texans. He would not approve of a no, lot of the rodeo food. He would food, not approve of uh, Where everything's Oreos. fried. But not everything. <laughs> There's just a lot of good stuff. Speaking of which, all right, so food. You eat healthy here, but there's plenty of good stuff. I think breakfast here is phenomenal, by the way. I mean, that's, yeah. that's awesome. Uh, but what about in the off-season? Do you let it go a little bit? You a little, little more leeway to the diet plan? How do you handle that, Malik? Um, it just depends. It just depends on where I'm at and where I'm trying to go. Uh-huh. Uh, if I got a little bit of leeway where I can't eat, you know, the type of things I like to eat, then I'm good. Really, really, I really mess up when I go home. When I go back to Kansas City, that's when I really uh, burnt ends. Burnt ends for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a spot there called Go Chicken Go. It's a different. A couple of burger places I like to try. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, too tempting. Just, just being home. Have you behaved in Houston food-wise? Because there's a lot of places here where you can go off the menu. Yeah. I, uh, the menu here, that is. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I eat a lot of places here. Um, I try to be more disciplined. Yeah. You know, once or twice a week. Uh, on a practice day so I can go out there and try to burn it off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or the next day so I can go try to burn it off. But, uh, yeah, I, I eat a lot of places. Do you guys do D-line dinners? Yeah, we do as much as as much as much we can. Um, mm-hmm. We went to Turkey Leg Hut the other week. That was, that was pretty good. Yeah, that's that's so you. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, yeah. that's, that's awesome. That's so D-line, yeah. Has yeah. Roy cooked for you? Because I interviewed him a few months back. He said he wants to cook for the D-line. Roy Lopez? Roy Lopez. Roy can't cook. He says he can throw down in the kitchen. He can do a lot of Mexican stuff. I believe it when I see it. Oh, okay. Oh, so that has not happened yet. The challenge. The challenge. The good I can throw cook. Down. You can cook. What do you cook? You know, I'm from the barbecue capital of the world. Right. Um, so anything, anything on that grill. Have you studied or noticed the differences between Kansas City barbecue and Texas barbecue? Studied. For sure. For sure. <laughs> um, Kansas City, we big on, like, our ribs. Texas, I think I think Texas is more a lot. Um, they don't do our bean the beans like us. They don't do okay. like the sauces like us in Kansas City. Brisket, um, brisket's totally different. Mm-hmm. It's more of a thick cut here. Um, I actually like the, you know the 
the brisket here is it's top notch for sure. Yeah. yeah. We don't we don't do very many burnt ends, although I'm seeing it more and more. I'm now. seeing it more. It's it's making its way around the country I never actually. That. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it started in Kansas City, but it's one of those things that we take credit for it. We take you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jack Stack. Yeah. Nah, nah. Jack Stack's solid. Jack Stack's solid. Is it too commercial? It is might that like, be too mainstream. Is that where the it's, people it's really, from out really of town cool. go? Is that it where is. I'm going? It's like okay. Casey Masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> but if I, yeah, Casey Masterpiece. The sauce, the sauces are different though, right? Kansas yeah. City. Like I feel like that's the big difference with, so with barbecue, like Carolina barbecue, Kansas, from what I've noticed. Mm -hmm. What do you think is the biggest difference in flavoring? I don't know. You know, some people say vinegar versus like a, a d the different type of basis or whatever. I'm not even big on sauce, and, and to be honest with you, I just like the different types of barbecue in Kansas City. If the meat's done right, you don't even need the sauce. Sure. That's the thing. Is that how you what, – what do you grill? Barbecue. So a barbecue or a smoke, um, whatever. Oh, you have a smoker too? Yeah. I used to live next to a guy that had a smoker, and it was just like the worst torture. Because <laughs> like all day, Saturday and Sunday, I would just smell this meat cooking. Yeah. Yeah. Like all, and it's, I mean, it that's doesn't go well with your intermittent fasting. No, it doesn't go with my, it doesn't go with my <laughs> diet plan. No, no it doesn't. No, you do right. intermittent fasting? I like to intermittent fast. So I tried to talk. Hour, six hours a day? 12 uh, to 6? I do longer than that. I started with a 12, to, like I'd fast 12 and eat for 12, and now I can fast like 19 or 20 and eat for 5 or 6. But I'm like, I'm eating the entire time. So what's your eating time from like 12? I do like 3 to 7. That's unbelievable. I started – but, I mean, I, I was a big breakfast person. So, yeah. like, my big thing on the weekends is I'll eat earlier, and then I'll do a big brunch. Yeah. That's, like, my big treat. I really I, I could uh, – I do that a little bit in the off-season. I was oh, like, how really? does he know so much about intermittent fasting? Yeah. What, do you, what, do, what is your uh, – my, Mine is more like I eat from, like, 12, and I cut it off about 5.30 to 6. Oh, okay. So, like, a five- or six-hour Even when I go. eat bad, like, say I wanted to go to, like, Taste Bar or something this evening. You know, I go in there. I get my jerk lamb chops. Mm-hmm. Um, my macaroni and my collard greens, and I eat it, but I, it had to be before 5.30 for me, and then right. I'll just be done eating for the day. And then you're fine. I actually feel like I have more energy when I'm not eating. I tried to talk Mark into this, and he handed me my book back, and he was eating a fruit cocktail cup <laughs> <Yeah>. for breakfast. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, so that's yeah, not, not your thing. Got me. it. Okay. I eat from 8 a.m. till about 7 p.m. That's my eating window right there. Is that too big? And then, and then you go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, and then I take a long nap. I personally, I don't really like eating a lot on, um, on game day. Really, I eat, I eat a little bit before the game, but you know, with the travel and everything, you start feeling a little heavy. You start feeling like you, you know, you you snacking too much. All it is is food. You get be at the hotel, and all you get is they food. They do. They give you yeah. so much food. On is the is there a difference in the energy level between a road game and a home game as far as that kind of thing goes? I mean, obviously, home you have your fans on your side and that sort of thing, but. When you're on the road, you've traveled, you get the bus legs or whatever. I mean, they do a lot to get you out of that, obviously, travel like, the day before. I feel like our staff do a good job of, you know, just um, with the transition process. Like, everything mm -hmm. we have on the road is pretty much the same thing, everything we have at home. Game. Right. So, you know, whether that's stretching with Mike mm -hmm. um, before uh, – before, uh, after after meetings at night, whatever, yep. get your body back right. You know, training room, they still have all the Norma techs and everything you need. So, it's really no excuse. If you don't have a big game day meal, then do you eat a big meal the night before the game? Or do you have your big meal after the game is it over? It just depends. So, we play a lot of games at noon. So, it's kind of a fast. It's coming up fast. So, the way I like to be is I like to get, like, some fruit 
in the morning. Mm-hmm. Like I make it like a little a acai bowl without the acai. <laughs> I just bananas, granola. That's like a parfait. That's a yoga, yeah, yoga, like, yoga parfait. Yeah, like some honey on top. Oh, okay. And then oh, I just, just eat fruit. that. Yeah, and I just eat that, and then I'm, I'm good. Malik Collins is with us. One more segment with the defensive lineman. A couple of things coming up about college football, where Malik went. By the way, he's from Kansas City, if you didn't catch out of that. So that's the answer for our Fuddruckers gift card. We'll be back with more with Malik on Texans Radio. It's the Fuddruckers Texans Players Show. Mark Vandermeer and D.P. Sidhu with you with Malik Collins, Texans defensive lineman who went to Nebraska. So Nebraska, you know, this is a storied program. Right. So fix it for me, Malik. What can you do about Nebraska football? So many schools can say this right now, but as an alum, everybody's listening. Right. I'm just kidding. But what would you think here? I just think like just sticking by, just um, sticking by and stand, stand through the process. Um, It was it was always said that like um, Tom Osborne had so much time to develop guys with college football, everything. Everybody, when they hire, they look for instant gratification. Yeah. You know, and I, I think what Scott Frost is on his fourth year there, or third, mm-hmm. third or fourth year, something like that. But you know, you just want to give a coach time to bring in his players, to bring in and to develop them. Mm-hmm. You know, getting everybody believing. You know, he the can same coach. Thing. Yeah, it's the main thing. Really, the thing is everybody believing in the same process. You know, you don't want no guys. Just, I, I, not that I said they have that, but mm-hmm. you know, it's like with anything. When you have um, guys from a previous culture, and then you come into a new culture, you you bring in. Same thing that happened here. You bring in different guys, yeah. you know, and, you know, you try to pick and see what's the best thing. For do you – what do you think of the NIL stuff now? Like, if you were going to school now, we could have, like, hey, it's Malik Collins for Lincoln Barbecue, you know, mm-hmm. on Twitter or something like that. That would be pretty cool to be able to do that. Do you like this for the student athletes? I like it. I haven't read – I haven't really read too much into it. I, I mm-hmm. mean, I see that they can obviously get paid for different advertisements, mm-hmm. uh, different type of marketing. Um I still feel like it's for select players, though. I don't yeah. think, like, everybody would benefit off of it. But for somebody like Cam Newton when he was in college or Reggie Bush in college or, right. you know, uh, Johnny Manziel in college, you know, of course they would they would make a lot of money in college. But, you know. The backup putter who walked on is probably not getting the big yeah, cash. Yeah. Ultimately, the goal is still to, to get to this level, to get to the NFL and to play on Sundays. So, I mean, you know, whatever, whatever it may be to – what about for you? Why did you pick Nebraska? Were there other schools that you were interested in? I mean, I'm intrigued by Nebraska. I've never been to the state of Nebraska. Yeah. But, like, what drew you to the school, and what was it like living there? I mean, you, you were there for three years. What was yeah, that whole so experience it was, like? It was, uh, it, was, it was a couple things. It was Nebraska and Mizzou. KU was in there, but they were going through rough times at the time. Um, so that, that continues. Well, nice win on Saturday, though, against the Longhorns. Yeah. So it was really uh, Nebraska and Mizzou. Missoula was about an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes away from the crib. That's kind of too close. And Nebraska was about three and a half, three three hours, three hours away. So I need to go just just far enough to where, you know, I would have to actually plan to come home. Like, if I went to Missoula, I could have came home whenever I felt like it, you know, just jump on the road yeah. and go. But, um, yeah. Did you want to go any further than that? Or you wanted to stay pretty – it sounds like you wanted to stay close to home. I had a, I had a son on the way, my oldest son. Um so I wanted to be able to still be close to him. Oh sure, then, yeah, yeah. So that was a, that was a big part of it. What was living in Nebraska like? Cold. It was cold. <laughs> but I'm from the Midwest. You're from so, the Midwest. Yeah, so it's, it's it's a different type of cold. Yeah, it's a different type it's of wind. It's Lincoln cold. And it's also what people don't give it credit for. It's a different type of heat too. Is it? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's hot. It's hot in Nebraska. Man. Yeah, and there's no water. 
So, I mean, there's some, but. Uh, yeah, it's like it's different like little lakes and stuff, like anywhere in the Midwest. But yeah. Is it like kind of desert-like? Nah, not desert at all. It's like Boy, we need to get out to Nebraska like, a little I bit. I was like, is it like Nevada yeah. because it's Nebraska <laughs> no, and it's but, like uh, in that I mean, same Yeah, no. It's a, it's a great place for people to want to come in there and play football. And you can just any, any lock kind in, of athletics. Right? Yeah, any kind of athletics. They got some good things going on at the link with basketball. They got, you know, wrestling is always known. Well, they've, they've done better in baseball in the last couple of decades. Baseball. I was at Rosenblatt Stadium in Omaha when they first made the College World Series, when yeah. the University of Nebraska made it. And it was like – a sacrifice bunt was a touchdown. I mean, the crowd was unbelievable. Yeah, uh, the fan, fan bases. Fan bases. So passionate. Yeah. So passionate. It's nothing else to do in Nebraska. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like like a lot of the programs you see, like Alabama, like Alabama, or wherever right. you know, it's Nebraska football. Did I, you? What about coming out after three years? Wow, how, how? What was that decision like? Rather than going back for a fourth year? It was an easy decision. <laughs> it was easy for you. Yeah, I mean, I was. You got drafted. I don't want to say I set myself. I, that was my mindset going in there, you know, play, set myself up for three years down the road, and that's what that's what I did. You want to just come out and make money? Did you feel like an extra year would have benefited you or would have hurt you? Um, it depends. So I look back on two things. I look at the draft class the year after me, and I look at the draft class I came out in. I probably – but it just it all depends on how you play too. I Actually, I didn't have a great year the year I came out. I just still decided to come out. I'm like, oh, I bet on myself. Is it weird if you know you want to come out and you get toward the end of the season? And I can't get hurt now. The draft is coming up. I mean, it's, the beginning of the season is one thing because you know you're going to play. Yeah. But as you get closer to the bowl game or even before the bowl game, a couple of games left in the regular season, what's that like? It was – It was a. Uh, I mean, I, I got faith um, mm -hmm. in the man up above. And, I, you know, I just went out there and just played as hard as I could and, you know um, – and we actually made the bowl game that year. We were uh, five and seven, but we were one of them teams that, that got in from academics to still met, but still play a bowl game. Nice. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that was a that was a different process too. And we actually won a bowl game too. We played uh, UCLA. I never forget it. Good job. Where did you play? Which bowl game was it? It was uh, so memorable. I think it was in San Fran. It was <laughs> <It's> a, like <laughs> it was a Foster Forest Bowl in uh, San Francisco against UCLA. Very good. Well, Malik, it's been such a fun time visiting with you. We really appreciate it. Best of luck against the Tennessee Titans. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Malik Collins joining us on the Fuddruckers Texans Player Show. Texans All Access on the way next here on Texans Radio.